Hi everyone, I'm Nick Kirkenmeister from Heartland Wines and we're coming to you today from the beautiful Aura Objects right here on McGill Road. I'm lucky enough to be joined by Amelia from Goodies and Grains. We have Ryan from Little Bang Brewery. Good morning. And also the wonderful Eamon from Eamon Verica Glass. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Um, bit of a casual chin wag. Not going to ask you anything that you don't already know the answer to. Amelia, seven times seven. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll get back to that one. I think something that connects all of the businesses is that we're all bringing something to NOR, but we're not, we're not parade businesses as such. We're, we're, we're sort of we're, we're set back a little and people normally will come to find us. I mean, I'll start with you because... Um, in a funny way, you're the real local. I mean, you've been doing this for over 25 years, haven't you? Yes, and um, <clears throat> I first, when I came to Australia first, I first lived in Sydney for a year, and on my way from Sydney to Perth, I just dropped into Adelaide. I didn't know where Adelaide was until I came to, <laughs> until I actually had Andrew in Handoff. You know now, though, and, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I first arrived here in 1994, what, 91, 92, set up my business on the, just on Sydenham Road in 94 and have been here since and uh, I probably would at some stage, you know, maybe go back to Ireland but right now I'm living in the best part of the world, living in Norwood and living in, on Sydenham Road where we have uh, a great community. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to follow up straight away with you and I'm going to ask, given how long you've been living and working in the neighbourhood. How have you seen things evolve here in Nord? What is the Nord today? How is it different from the Nord that you arrived to? Yes, and I have uh, mentioned this to a few people before. Where, where we are on Sydenham Road is just, it's pretty close to the parade. So we crossed a parade to go to the local deli or if we want to go to the local pub just, uh, just around the corner from us. And I remember back in the 90s, you know, you could probably walk right across the parade and not having to not have to stop to leave cars come through <laughs> now you have to wait there several minutes before you can uh, before you even decide to uh, to actually venture across the road so the whole area has become very very busy and um, yeah we well, yeah, we like to say vibrant but we're going to run with that one very busy <laughs> vibrant amelia now, a lot of people are going to be familiar with goodies and grains and most of those people will be familiar from your time at the Central Market. What was the impetus to, to come out and join us here in the beautiful eastern suburbs? Uh, and and, and how has it changed the dynamic of the business? Yeah, so the business um, was located obviously in the Central Market and I think it opened there in 1990. Uh, at that stage when it was in the Central Market, it was owned by someone by the name of Chris. Um, we took over the business 20 months ago and when we acquired the business we didn't acquire the retail store so it's just the wholesale side so obviously we couldn't remain there so we moved to Stepney where we've been now for I think it's 20 months and we're loving it um, yeah so we do all of our manufacturing out of there and you mentioned coffee when you sat down you're you're in that same space with Rio coffee is yes. that right so they're our distributor so they're the ones that sell our products and put it into supermarkets um, I can't do it all myself so 
they're the ones that help me out with that and we're actually located in their back warehouse so all of our manufacturing happens from there well, I mean, clearly you can't do it all yourself. You're too busy doing interviews. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the price of exactly. celebrity. And, and, Ryan, you'd be familiar with that price. You've paid it yourself over the years. Oh, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only 19 and this is what happens. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, when I think of Little Bang, I think of multiple faces. It seems like every time I pick up a beer with a crazy fascinating new design on it i'm looking around and go oh all right okay little bang okay that makes sense uh, but you're kind of like stock Aiken and waterman you've got a different face every time i look at you you know so h- how do you do that i mean design must take up so much of your time who do you work with how do you make it happen um we've got a few different artists that we work with um but that was really part of our strategy that's a really strange word to use in terms of our business <laughs> but, um from day one was that we were always like we began in Phil's shed, literally his garage over in Glind. And we, we came to Stepney because it was equidistant between Phil's house and my house. I'm over Parkside. And, um, yeah, it was uh, this sort of, I don't know, that when we moved here, that was when we became a real business. We were just going to be these silly boys in the shed throwing out a few kegs every now and then of like American barley wine, like a giant 10% monster that no one had ever heard of here and, and a Saison and things like that. But we always knew we were going to be tiny and we were going to express ourselves very loudly. Mm. And that would be instead of having a national sales force, like a big business, we'd let the art do the talking on the shelf for us and we'll express our personality as big as we can. There's way too, I think there's way too many brands out there that feel the pressure to be conservative early and just have their logo and make it a different colour on each label or something like that. Whereas I feel like we're selling beer for God's sake here. It's, 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 it's meant to be fun. It's not, yeah, it's not politics and it's not hard science. Well, some of it's hard science in the background, but it's, this is about fun. So let's express our idea of fun. Yeah, I wasn't going to ask about your hops ratios, but if you can pick that up on this camera, guys, you can see just some of the variety of of the cans and uh the yeah it's, it's, it's kind of spectacular i think you guys well you must be rightly proud of the hard work that you've put well, into that but my original great. idea was that it should each can, like each product while well, we were doing stubbies early on my original idea was that each label should be there should be no indication that it was us and each one should just be it's literally its own entity like you might know the naked objector or you might know galactopus and just go, oh, yeah, that crazy thing. And then if you read the fine print on the back, you'd go, oh, that's a little bang as well. That was some light bulb idea I had, like, no marketing person ever <laughs> would. Whatever um, you do, hide the brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was like, no, but if they, when they discover it's us, then they'll be ours for life. When they, did, when they make that connection, then like, the point was made that, that one in a hundred people will make that connection <laughs> and the rest will be like, oh, there's another, another stupid beer. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Amelia, for those who are not as familiar or, or never got to the central market, what can they expect from Goodies and Grains? What are they going to be seeing on the shelves? Where are they going to find you and what's going to look like? Yeah, so at the moment we're doing, so it's health foods, of course, but um, our focus is mainly granolas, mueslis, peanut butter. Um, we've got some bath flakes. They sell amazingly well. Um, magnesium bath salts. Don't eat those, right? Definitely don't okay, eat those. There's a little disclaimer on the back. Um, but we're actually in the midst of changing our look. So that's probably another six months away. But I'm trying to separate from the central market. So we're in the moment we're at the moment we're in um, brown craft bags, which are um, 
they stand out and people associate that with the market and what it was, but we are completely separate entities now. So we're not associated with the market at all. We're sold. Is the market store still there? The retail yeah, store so is? Yeah. yeah, the store's still there. It's no longer called Goodies and Grains. Oh, okay. Um, it's completely separate. So our products are sold into supermarkets. Yeah. So we're in independent supermarkets in South Australia. You've probably seen it in Foodland before. Yeah. Um, but we're also sold um, in other states as well. So I'm looking at creating a fresh look. Don't know at this point what that's going to look like. Might have to get you on board for that. <laughs> but look at some <laughs> of these designs. Just take your logo and throw it away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I have yeah. learned a lesson. But if we on went to the local food land here on the parade, we'd, we'd be able to find your products yeah, there, of wouldn't course. we? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, you're not just working locally, but you can also be discovered locally, which is yeah. fantastic. Now, Eamon, I'm going to put you on the spot again, if you don't mind, sir. Um, he likes doing this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and none of these questions are scripted, which makes it even harder. Uh, when you're... Uh, we would, I think, view you as both an artist and a craftsman with yeah. the work that you bring, but I, I don't think everyone's going to be as familiar with glass blowing and, and, and the manufacture of fine glass objects as perhaps they would have been in previous times. How did you come to this? <coughs> and and what, what sort of work do you do on a day-to-day basis? Well, as to how I came to be doing glass, I started um, in a company in Ireland <coughs> excuse me, called Waterford Crystal. <laughs> and Waterford Crystal is a very well-renowned, well-known brand all around the world. Back in the 80s and 90s, which that's where I was working at the time. And before that, I was a farmer. I was a farmer for 30 years. So why not all, ab- all about grains, as I was saying to Emily. <laughs> Um, and then, after 14 years working with Waterford Crystal, I decided to, I was tired of just being a number. There was thousands of people there, so I really, really wanted to do something different. So decided to travel the world, left Waterford Crystal and came to, went to the States first. I lived in Boston for a while, then lived in California for a while, and then came to Sydney only as a holiday and started Little did I ever think that I'd go back into glass again. And we certainly had been looking at glass, but not particularly making up my mind to go back into it. So I started working with a product, you know, and to find out, to start all over again was very difficult. I had been working with Crystal, and Crystal was very, as as you know, was very clear, Mm. it's a well-known brand, and then I really wanted to add a lot of color and composition to what I was actually working with, working with my glass. And that's how I started. So I started in the city, in a place called the Champ Factory in the city, and started working there for a few years, and then found um, a niche really here in the suburbs uh, and in, in Norwood, and opened up my own studio on Sydenham Road, and started working on a product that I could just initially get me going like anything you have to you need those bread and butter mm. items you know so uh, uh, obviously uh, Waterford's an international icon and yeah. and I would say locally jam factory for for those yeah. of us who are here yeah. at the time it was <coughs> vital yeah. to the rejuvenation of, of that sort of art and craft at the time I, I'm sort of obscuring it so I'm just going to get out of the way uh, Eamon yeah. I, I hope you can tell everyone a little bit about the piece behind us because you were yeah. speaking about colour and I think yeah. nothing could describe it better than the piece itself yeah colour and composition really isn't it you know so for, so for so many years working with clear glass, and clear glass is our base, it's like the canvas for, uh, to a painter. 
So clear glasses, the canvas for the glass blower, and then we fuse in the colours in there. And of course, the light that we have here in Australia, which certainly is a different kind of light to what we have in Europe. And you can get away with using oranges and blues and bright bright colours. They come after you in Europe for that, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, you know, a lot of the work I do is, is based on the, on the sea and the reef. And I remember back in Europe, you know, you go diving in, in around Europe and you go one metre or two metres under the water and it's like, oh, suddenly turned to night. When you mm. come to Australia, you go, you can dive uh, way down and, do and you get beautiful colours. Here in Australia, then, we have the, the, the outback. And if you look closely in there, you can see uh, kangaroos and wallabies and wombats all running around. And, uh, and that's a real, especially for tourists, uh, when we supply our work to Sydney and Melbourne. And we have tourism, of course, you know, is, is they'll always, they will always pick up a piece of the outback. Mm. Yeah. I think colour is something that we all understand subliminally, but it's not something that we talk enough day to day. Um, with our wine bottles, our Shiraz will always have an element of red in it. You wouldn't put green or yellow because it doesn't sing to you of red wine. You wouldn't use That's blues. Right. Yeah. Uh, so th when you speak in colour, you are speaking in a language, aren't you? You are. And when you mention something like you use a word called outback, it creates an image in your head straight away of that image we're talking about, mm. the reds and the blues and the colour. Um, if you were to go and pick something like green, yeah, they have a different view of what green is, but when you, an iconic name like Outback, we're so lucky, I'm so lucky to be able to use that word, and that carries your product. And you've yeah. got the, we do have, as you said before, a, a unique light here in Australia, we a do. stark, very, very piercing different. light, isn't That's it? That's right, it's a very, very different light. And, uh, and every day I talk about it in the set. You know, it, of course, right now in the middle of winter, look at outside today, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, different kind of light that will expose your, your product. And, mm. yeah. Speaking of colour, Ryan, mm. uh, now clearly you're colour blind because <laughs> you've got like every single colour on every single gown. Yeah, I, was, I was hoping I wasn't <laughs> going to come under scrutiny through this really, uh, you know, subtle, nuanced conversation about colour. I, I, no, I'm, I'm being silly, of course, but I, I think, you know, at the moment I think you've got about seven products on the go. Uh, uh, on the 30? Oh, wow. I didn't realise you had all of them available now. Oh, no, I no, thought they were oh, in rotation. No, you're actually, being mean to me. Current, no, currently available, <laughs> yeah, currently available, probably looking at seven or eight in cans, yeah. They, they come and go week to week. We're often selling out on pre-order these days, so we're installing some new gear at the moment to try and keep up so that we've got more of our range available all the time. And how does that work when, uh, because we're both part of the Eastside uh, Wine and Ale Trail. Yes. And for me, I've found uh, lots of people coming to what I'd really envisaged to be my office. Mm. We now have this little cellar door at the front and I'm getting to meet the locals all the time. Yeah. How are you finding that's evolving for you? Uh, that's the biggest part of our business now. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. By a long shot. That was when we... When we first moved to Union Street, that smaller warehouse, we were had an idea of becoming a, a wholesale production brewery and hopefully make enough money that we wouldn't that we'd stop doing our other jobs. And then by the time we left there, it had consumed both Phil and myself and both of our wives, and we had a full time employee on when we moved over to um, Henry Street. And um, now I think we're 35 people 
and that's and you're purely on now. Where, where are you? you know, you're on Henry Street. You're still on Henry. Yeah, Michael. and um, that's purely on the back of the success of the tap room. Um, we wow. had no idea. Like we were, it was it was really feeling myself sort of expressing ourselves out to the world when we moved into Union Street, and then um, over the two and a half years we were there, the sheer numbers of people that snowballed week after week after week coming to a little yeah <laughs> I know I recognise you um, uh, it just the community that built there and and the there's just a, a whole family feeling of that place that really did evolve of itself we just felt like we were chasing Little Bang itself we started with this idea which was us throwing it out there but it became a thing and now we're a tiny part of this monster like to us it's huge like we're still quite small compared to other breweries, but it's really not about how many leaders we put out there in the world. It's about this remarkable community of lovely people. And it's very, very much tied into Stepney and Melbourne Pain and St Peter's area. Like I just yeah, I don't I don't think we were prepared at all for how what this wonderful community we've got where yeah. you really can wander the back streets. I love riding my bike around and just randomly going through this whole area because you discover things on every other corner, all through Glind as well, and it's yeah. just—it's. I've, I've never known anything like it. It's yeah. really, really marvelous, and just I feel there's such a community of uh, small businesses and really, really passionate people that um, it's almost giving me a skewed mentality yeah. of how great and passionate people in business are. And then you go elsewhere and deal with them and go, oh, no, there are, there are <laughs> cynical here, corporate thugs out there. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, Amelia, you've got your work cut out for you because uh, Ryan and I are purveying alcohol. And <laughs> you are not just sustainable, but you're also uh, nutritionally beneficial. So um, clearly you have to get out there amongst uh, everyone here and making sure that you're making up for what we're doing because <laughs> we're providing the fun, but you've got to keep us all ticking i think yeah, you keep us sane don't you <laughs> we've, got, well, we've got certain health benefits I yeah think. absolutely yeah, i'm yeah. sure there'll be some red wine makes you younger doesn't oh, it resveratrol well, and the red wine um yeah. uh, thank heart. you thank you so much <laughs> I, I absolutely needed that plug um and i i did ask uh, Eamon off camera before and i think you told us the cliche was true that you're always healthier if you drink Guinness, is that right? That's right, you live a lot longer, yeah, that's right. And, you and everyone around you has a better time. <laughs> well, that's what Guinness is, it's barley, you know, we used to grow, being a farmer, we used to grow a lot of barley, and water, and I was t- saying to you before, Nick, that the best water to use is holy water, <laughs> and, uh, and you live a lot longer. Guinness is good for you in that it stops the blood clotting, supposed to. And, uh, I believe so that was that yeah. was Guinness's slogan for quite some time. Was Guinness is good for you? Before that, I think they were forced to change it. I, I read that <laughs> if you, you drink ten pints a day, it's all of your nutritional needs sorted. But after a month, you die of alcohol poisoning. Yeah, okay. so <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. There was a, uh, we have a famous musician in Ireland, and he sings a song called "How I Got Up on the Surfboard After Fourteen Pints of Stout." And, uh, that's just so the title of the song. <laughs> that's the title of the song. <laughs> All right, so. I'm going to ask a serious question before we go completely off the rails. The piece of uh, the work behind us, um, obviously ornamental. You're just going to be looking at that something beautiful to have in the front hall or some part of your house. Do you also make uh, pieces f- f- more in a more usable? Uh, I don't know what. It, can you form a sentence practical. for me? I'm str- Thank yeah. you. Something more practical. Yeah. Yeah. Well. 
we do a lot of commissions for people as well, and they might come in with different ideas as to what they want. But to, 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 for a business to succeed, you have to diversify. And we can all go out and have exhibitions and showcase our product. But there is nothing like when you go into work a daily dose of reality when you certainly have to pay, up, pay your way. And you have to come back to those products that we sell, like a lot smaller pieces that we can use in a house, like jugs and vases and mm. whatever. But ornamental pieces, art is such a fundamental part of who we are and what we do in life. I means how important is art to what we do? And I am constantly in, 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 in awe of the musicians and other artists. And an artist can be someone that's working with uh, developing uh, a technique to play a different kind of instrument. Mm. Or no matter what you do in life, we're surrounded by art. And it's, 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 so, it's so important that we are surrounded by art, especially at this time right now, that we can hang on to something. Yeah. So, although that you message might could make it through to the federal government, that would be excellent. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no politics. <laughs> so, while um, you do make more utilitarian pieces, really, it's feeding the soul is is yeah. the, the key element that's, here. Isn't that's it? right. Yeah, and uh, and our own our own individualism, who we are, what we are, and um, and that we can try and continue doing that and not be not be totally disheartened by what's happening at the moment in the world, which is so, so important that we try and survive, we battle on, especially artists in particular, you know, we, we try and battle on. My, my market, going back in the early days with Singapore and Hong Kong, and that was my main market. I was not selling at home, whereas right now I have to come back to mm. my home market and to my local community and my local... Uh, where I'm living, th getting that support is amazing. Absolutely. That, that, that support enables me to keep going every day. Hasn't it been amazing this year? Hasn't yeah. it been just an incredible year for that? I know it's, it's yeah. the, like, the world is capsized and it's terrifying and we've all been through some really tough stuff as businesses, but, yeah, uh, that's the, the thing that has... And I've spoken yeah. to other um, small breweries as well, and that's the thing that's just rocked everyone in South Australia especially there's this yeah. parochial feeling of like those who can't be at work or are working from home or something like that or whose job is put on hold even with this sort of um, stipend that the, the government's sort of throwing in they people really are seeing it as a duty to get out there and support the businesses that are open yes. that are just to continue pushing this thing forward and I do feel like we were lucky enough to um, meet the Premier the other day and that's a big thing that we talked about is I, I feel like South Australians on the most part don't mind that our border is shut uh, <laughs> in that we've got it contained and that we're not clamouring to open it as soon as humanly possible because the, um, the local support is so profound and it's actually been really, really heartening. I feel like there's a lot of kindness has sort of come into the community that maybe wasn't not there to begin with but we sort of forget when we're all so spoilt and so used to having whatever we want when we want. I've cool. found that customers uh, in general, not just over the bar, but in wholesale, have been a lot more polite about when things should arrive and things like that as yeah. well. Yeah. For those of you who are watching this in 3,000 years' time, we are talking about the COVID-19 pandemic that's sweeping the world. Yeah. and I guess The first one, not the next one. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Uh, can we cut Ryan out of this, please? <laughs> um, okay. I saw a great sign the other day. Someone had put up, um, uh, oh, sh- what happened to the murder wasps? I think we skipped murder wasps. It's <laughs> 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 just like 2020. Right. It was like, yeah, there was murder wasps. I'm sure there will be. Two yeah. days there, weren't there? Yeah. I think we've had everything else. All right, positive stuff. Amelia, yeah. we've been talking about things being feeding the soul as well as, as feeding the body. What is it at the moment that you would say is your most popular thing locally? What are people really uh, awakening to and understanding? It would probably be surprising. Um, the answer is magnesium bath flakes. We sell so many bath flakes. People love it. I get messages saying, you've changed my life. You've, I'm not, I shouldn't put these facts out there because I'm not saying there's the science to back it, but you've lowered my blood pressure. I've had a lady who had a child who was manic and she said it calms him. Uh, someone with breast cancer that said her medication doesn't help the sore muscles. The only thing that she can do is have a bath, whether that's the relaxation of the bath or placebo or whatever it is. Well, or what you a believe wonderful thing for people to be enjoying while they're having more time at home too. Exactly. Maybe instead of having that quick shower and running out the door, they're actually getting some time to have a bath. It's nice. And, and make of course your bath for kids nice with skin possible. conditions and things like yeah. that, it, you know, it has known benefits. So that, I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you absorb the magnesium through your skin. Because I know magnesium is an important thing for... So many things. Yeah, yeah and an important sort of supplement um, for people as well. Yeah, so for your blood, for your skin, for your muscles... Yeah, yeah. Right. that's a new product because I put it in Guinness at the moment as well. Magnesium <laughs> in your Guinness. I think that's iron. People use the Epsom salts for gardening. Can we get a caveat down the bottom of this? Uh, <laughs> Never had a beer. Um, you yeah, could and bathe I, in Guinness, I suppose. I, I, I know that, Ryan, all of your beers will cure everything. Um, but what's At the least most, for today. Are, are you going to be boring and tell me that the most popular thing you do is some lager that you don't drink yourself? Or what, what's really flying out the door? Um... It depends, it depends. Uh, if we're talking wholesale interstate, uh, it's whatever came out this week. Mm. It's mm. very much, there's a very high turnover of people wanting to try everything out there. We've got a few staples that are really kicking in. Um, New England IPA is a very, very mm. hot style now. And um, yes, I've had so many customers call up and say, what have you got? And I'll rattle off 15 things and they'll say, hmm, got a New England IPA and so it's like well, you really didn't want to ask me what I've got <laughs> um, so that's very very hot um, but we're seeing some surprising things like our um, British extra special bitter uh, the geezer pleaser uh, is re- it's got a real staying kind of um, longevity to it this is one of those that I feel like it's not like a New England IPA which is you're going to move 100 cases today and then everyone's going to try it once and then they're going to move on to the next mm. one. I feel like every pub out there in the country has probably got its mainstay of a handful of geezers that are at the pub at least three or four times a week and they like a fucking proper pint of British bitter. <laughs> <laughs> and they want you to you fill it to the top. You are an nightmare. <laughs> Do you know that? Uh, We've got one over here, actually, Gary, and he's always like, and fill it to the top, you cheap bastard. <laughs> Less fucking jawing, more That's pouring. Great, yeah, <laughs> sounds great. I, I, I must say one thing I've noticed uh, at our little cellar door. It's in the past always been Shiraz, Shiraz, Shiraz. Over the last few years, we make Cabernet Sauvignon because we're down in Langhorn Creek, good little mm. Cabernet country. Beautiful. And all of a sudden, because people are eating at home more and they're making those more traditional dishes, roasts and steaks and what have you, the Cabernet, which isn't as great with the spicier foods that you find in, in modern cuisine around the place here, you know, it's so, mm-hmm. so fusion-driven, so many multicultural flavours running around, but that, that more sort of meat and three veg, 
Cabernet is just flying out the door. Yeah, so yeah, right. I think everyone's tastes have yeah. sort of been affected by everything we've been through over the last few months. And it'll be mm. interesting to see how it throws a general out. Movement. There's a movement in general, I think, for more people to understand a little more about their products, like to just express an interest in how their products are made. I think there's more of that. Yeah. Like just, uh, even, just, even if it's just a talking point, um, I think it's also greater than that. I think people, are, because we are so uh, soaked in marketing and everything we do online especially, uh, I think we're really hunting for that, what's the word, um, sincerity mm. uh, and, and, oh, and integrity. So I think when people feel that they're understanding a little bit more about a real product or a little bit more about the variety that they can get in wine or in beer or in glass or in grains and goodies and baths. Uh, <laughs> Magnesium. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's a value add and I think, I think people are really desperate to make that sort of real connection to a real product because there is a lot of noise out mm. there. Um, I think it's, it's a wonderfully healthy thing and I, I think we've only seen that accelerated by this, these sort of interesting times. Um, yeah, you know, we yeah, had in, in the 90s we had that huge swing towards this globalisation of like Levi's, Gucci, Apple, etc., etc. These global brands that everyone had had one of, but in in a way now we're trending in the opposite direction, where everyone would like to discover that special little thing that they can introduce their friends to. That's this very nice personable. It's cool. Product. It's cool to like niche things. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And it, it yes. And it's and it's not just because it's on trend, mm. but but to discover something that is really personable and really and that you it can has a have. Story. Yeah, and you can have a, a personal interaction with connect it. Connect with it. Actually, yeah. physically connect with it a lot of the time. Yeah. Are I you seeing a lot of different varieties sort of picking up for yeah. you as well? And, and it is, I think you're exactly right, it's about having that personal connection. And one of the things we love about being in Nord, I mean, this is the community I grew up in anyway, but coming back home is that sense of, of everyone wanting to have a chat, everyone wanting to engage and interact. And that's what I love about... North Paynham, St Peter's is that real cultural heart of mm. uh, the eastern suburbs. Uh, I want to say on behalf of, I don't know who I'm on behalf of today, thank you to Ryan, thank you to Amelia and thank you very much to Eamon for joining us today, telling us a little bit of your story and uh, these are some of the wonderful treasures that we have available to us locally so please come explore, enjoy the neighbourhood and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.